We Like Dota is brought to you by the proud support of our patrons. Patrons like Yale Raven, Samson Magnuson, Nathan Johnson, Arx Cowbell, Monster, CBX, Mr. Fancy Pants, Icebug, Titus Andromedon, Paul Turner, Jeff Peterson, Zeke, Strawcab, That Charlie, Yanni, Darkstorm Dota, Pistol Pete, and Matthew Evans. It's my boy Muggy. Shout out to Muggy. If you would like to join the list of patrons, please head on over to the links in our Discord or at welikedota.com and follow links to the Patreon. We Like Dota, episode 399, starts now. Welcome, everybody, to the internet's favorite casual, non-frequent uh, podcast <laughs> about Dota. Um, my name is Strilling, a.k.a. Sam. Um, I guess my name's really Sam, a.k.a. Strilling, but that's not important. We might change this it, This is though. a Dota podcast. Yeah, you know, I might go uh, Ocho Cinco one day and uh, just just shorten the whole thing into one be real awkward it would be real awkward for me if i did that actually (laughs) yes and uh we have today with us a a special guest uh sweet poo magoo as he's known in the we like dota league uh or math as he's known amongst friends online but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna change it to sweet poo magoo legally i think it's just it just rolls off the tongue so i get i don't really I, i somebody brought this up um recently to me and was asking about my name, and there's not a good um, like explanation. It's just literally my first and last name smashed together. Yeah. <laughs> so not like, yeah, there. It's very boring. I feel like I am not the person to have a creative name like Sweet Pumagoo. Um, <laughs> so where where did where did yours come from? Well, it's uh, a nickname that uh, my wife and I sometimes call my dog. And, oh, and okay. it's also, uh, it just, you know, every time I hear it, it makes me smile. And on my team in the WLDL, we, we do something we call, let's run the exercise. And when we run the exercise, that's when we get all the creative juices flowing about a new Dota name or a new alias of some kind. So uh, we, ran, we ran the exercise and it, uh, I was looking at my dog while I did it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm <laughs> sticking with this. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's sick. That's awesome. I I think uh, I'm one to change my profile picture, but not my like name in game. Oh, like, see, ever. see, we're very different in that regard because I've had the same Steam profile since the day I downloaded Steam. Oh, but the names changed many times. Interesting. No, it, it I have, it's been like years since I changed mine, um, and it's only for a short period of time mm. if I ever do. But how have you? Uh, how are you doing? Um, Anything going on in your life you want to want to talk about? How's your new year? Oh, I appreciate that. New year's been good. Uh, we've got a snowstorm out here. I'm I'm on the east coast in Canada, so I'm in Halifax, Nova okay. Scotia, and uh, it's nice. been it's been a snowy day. I had to shovel the driveway twice and walk the dog through the storm. But you know, it's a Friday night, which means I got a night of Dota ahead of me with with the boys. So it's uh, it's pretty good. Nothing to complain about over here. Yeah, I think uh, I'm in Philly, and other than it being like chilly occasionally it's it's not snowed more than once if that 
this was this th- year. This was our first real oh, snowfall wow. of the year, so I, I'm pretty grateful. Yeah, no, I I seriously think it will be until March until we get snow, okay. and then we'll get hit with a big one for some reason because Philadelphia does not have an actual like real weather pattern to speak of. It's just whatever it feels like every week. Ah, see, I didn't know that. Most most things I know about Philly is is Kyle Lowry because he's you know a Canadian boy for me. <laughs> uh, I did want to I did want to bring up since we talked about the new year a little bit and we're on the topic of Philly. Um, do you know anything about the Mummers or the Mummers Day Parade? I've never heard that term in my life. Okay, so in Philadelphia there is this long specifically south philadelphia which is where i live born and um, raised no god no <laughs> no i i just moved here in august um i've been in philly for six or seven years something like that because okay. um, i think there's a i, I think there's a tv bit, but... there's a tv show i think that starts with in south philadelphia born and raised it's west but ah that... see that's embarrassing <laughs> that's on me that's so, embarrassing <laughs> so the, the thing that's funny is that the i've been to the park where that like intro is shot for Fresh Prince, Press, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Amazing. Um, and it's in Francisville, like basically center city almost. Okay. Um, it's not in West Philadelphia. Lies. Yeah, the whole the whole show is lies. <laughs> right. Um, but so there's there's this group called the Mummers, and it comes from this like British slash like old school european um pseudo carnival style uh parade and like festivities that kind of leads into whatever it is that christians celebrate around here i don't know (laughs) okay um but in philadelphia it happens every year on new year's day in in the morning um or so i thought um i didn't realize I, I moved to South Philly and not really thinking about the Mummers because they only come around once a year um, and didn't realize that I'm like in the epicenter of it and it's not only like a just a morning parade type of deal it's a, a whole like day plus of debauchery oh, basically wow. because the Mummers are not just carnival but they're like really really drunk and racist carnival oh geez so they start drinking at like five or six in the morning um get really messed up they have all these like elaborate dances and uh performances built into the parade and in general they're in these like little gangs um like clubs sounds very aggressive it's very aggressive. Yeah. Um, I was going to tell you to yeah. lean into it because you're in the epicenter <laughs> and just really kind of go full mummer and join, but I don't, I don't think so anymore. So that's... <clears throat> no, no, no. That's the thing. I've always kind of been very standoffish with the mummers. Um, and, you know, I don't I don't really mess with them. Um, but being literally blocks from, like, where there's... Where a whole street was closed vertically, like, 20 blocks not for the parade but for public drinking um like there was not really a way around it i was trying to nap like after work and there there was just three hours of parade (laughs) and they had speakers like literally as tall as 
like most of the row homes. So this is an around, a, this is right? an official thing though. It's it's this aggressive oh. and this debauchery filled, but they're closing down streets for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. It's a. It's. It's very legitimized. Um, there are elements that are trying to shift. I'll give the the city and the mummers some credit. Like they. Uh, they've tried to crack down on the explicit racism built into it. That's, I, I appreciate that. You know what I mean? Like they don't, they don't uh, choose to wear blackface as the whole parade, oof, you know, like oof. that's, that's a, that's a good choice. Um, so now you just get individuals doing it, um, which is, yeah. Um, yeah. Disappointing. I, all... Australian, you got to stay away from that stuff. <laughs> you got to stay away. <laughs> I, so I was, I was trying um, and I was, I was just like at home on New Year's day, which I don't, I don't, I don't like the holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I decided it would be interesting to see the absolute tail end of like Mummer's Day festivities. So I have a friend who is dear, dear friend of mine, half Puerto Rican, half Irish, mm-hmm. and uh, literally is not allowed like into the club as like a member because they're kind of so racist. Holy. Um, even though his other half of his family is like part of the Mummer family and all of it is like literal families that kind of become part of the clubs. So they're like four or five families per it's, it, it's very convoluted. But anyway, it is, it is. this is, this is rough. I'm, I'm, I didn't know it, but I'm anti-mummer over here. I'm anti-mummer all the way. <laughs> anti-mummer. Um, there, there are. I understand it to, like, in the tiniest degree, because it's just adult frats, really. Like it, it perfectly mirrors a fraternity in you know U.S. college experience, um, which are are popular and have their fans, even though I'm definitely not one. Mm-hmm. I've, um, I've seen the TV show Greek before, so I'm, uh, I'm familiar. <laughs> I'm familiar. Yeah, same idea, um, including the physical space. So, uh, my friend who is you know related to Mummers, I'll I'll say you know generously, mm-hmm. um, got us into a private club, which is you know on the day of the Mummers, you, you can imagine very very exclusive. Um, and very hype mm-hmm. uh, and we walk in and it is just unfinished like plywood floors a wraparound bar with nothing but like cases and cases and cases of beer and it's just an open bar and everybody is dressed really wacky doing crazy shit I'm picturing a um, lot of pops blue ribbon out there yeah, yeah, it was it was Miller Lite and and PBRs. Yeah, see, I think that was it. Um, and then they also have their own like this is how this is how crazy the mummers are. They have their own bottled and labeled like I'm talking like aluminum cans of this like mummer tea that I got like a, my hands on like a six pack of. Like they literally produce their own alcoholic beverages just for their parade. Wow, and. De- Day of debauchery. And like if, this is this is how into it they are. And if anyone is interested in purchasing some Mummers tea, we'll send you a link <laughs> after the. <laughs> yeah, and you can find it now at like some of the like like there are like Mummer bars that are like not exclusive clubs. You know that you have to be like family to get into. Like we 
we got checked at the door immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have like was a, like? Do you have a special? Who are you? A special card, or is there like a secret handshake or or something like that to get in? Well, I I don't. Um, my friend did the talking when we got to the door, and I didn't really overhear it. But you basically had to name what family you're in, mm. and you can bring in your crew. And then we got in there, and we just immediately, you know, the the racism was off. It, it wasn't tuned up enough for, for them. And so within a minute of being in there, somebody came up and asked our friend Eric, who looked like the most competent of us, I guess, uh, to name three active members. Just like that. Like, do it now or you are gone. That's and that's intense. Not only did they do it, uh, but then their aunt ro- rolled over and was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing here? <laughs> Trying to kick my, my, my uh, nephew out? Like, come on. Oh, wow. Well, but, save but, the day. Yeah. Anyway, the mummers are crazy, and now I've got to deal with them once a year. At least. Um, I don't know. It sounds like uh, sounds like you might have your, a way in. You might, might be a, a low-key mummer in the future. I don't know. Oh God, I hope not. I, I, I hope not too, Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll be it. That'll be a route to go down. Um, I hope I choose the other route. I don't know. You just get anyway, to you get to the we, fork in the road in life, and you're either a member or you're not. It's that's what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard anyway, them say. Let's, let's get let's go to, uh, over to the We Like Dota League um, and talk a little bit in depth about some of the series. So. What is your current standing so far in the league, and how do you feel about it? I mean, you're part of the uh, part of the Pups Pals stack. I am. Yep, part of the Pup, and this, Pups Pals. What were you saying? Uh, this is a new stack to to We Like Dota. Uh, kind of. It's kind relatively, of relatively. Relatively. So we did it. We were here last year, but we went by a different name. We were uh, Pincho Zucci, aka Team PZ, last year. I, I, I do remember PZ. Yep, uh, we did. We did pretty well. Uh, it was a, a fun season, a great season. However, our I have an old five stack. We go back so far. Um, we've mm. been we've been a five stack for about ten years, and we couldn't get two of our five stack to play last year. But okay. in seeing all the fun and seeing uh, you know the next sort of bringing the competition to the next level and, and all the league chat that we had going on in our, in our group, uh, they got jealous and they wanted to join this year. So that was, it was super exciting. So unfortunately we lost to, uh, to critical and amazing team members, uh, bananas, AKA super Nintendo Chalmers, uh, and grazing. Uh, we lost them and we placed them with, uh, with, with our, our traditional old school five stack. And we formed a new team called the pups pals, which is, is named for our, you know, once upon a time when we used to have uh, lands and play Dota till the wee hours of the morning, we had a lot of Popeye's chicken. So it was uh, <laughs> named, named named in honor of that. I was wondering what this logo was, and I didn't know what it reminded me of, but now I see the Popeye's, like, orange. Yep. Oh, yeah. And all, oh, my God. Yeah, once you see I, it, you don't unsee it. <laughs> Popeye, Popeye's that shit, though. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's so good. It's so cheap. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's, uh... It's it's real tasty. And it's been the hardest part, if I'm being honest, about moving. I, I was I used to be in Toronto. I left Toronto. I, I moved to Halifax. There's only one Popeyes in the whole city, and it's far away. Oh, so it's it's been tough. Oh. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. Um. So this this first series, this Looming Crew series, I caught a bit of game two. Mm-hmm. I think. Um. 
what were your thoughts? And uh, who does the drafting on your team? I do the drafting. Okay, cool. So uh, this first uh, game, uh, it was talked a bit about in the Discord and on the cast, I remember. Um, but you first picked Lena, uh, which has been one of the more popular first pick choices of the league, mm-hmm. and I think especially in the upper bracket, the, the Kaya division, and I think in the Sanj division as well, which you're in. Yeah. Yeah, Lena's just, oh. Lena's just super broken right now. Or at least it feels that way. And mm. and because, because the hero's flexible enough to either play in the mid or in the one position, um, we actually have three, three different people that can play Lena on our team. Um, oh, well. We... You know, we can we can actually move her to the four if we want to also. So uh, it was kind of a flex pick, but also, hey, if Lena's here, take her because she's so good right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we, we snap picked Alina. And then as the draft went on, not only were we trying to figure out uh, who to ban and, and who to pick, but also where to put some of our, our picks because we have a bit of a, a flexible team, which is which is nice. And, mm-hmm. you know, it also leads to sometimes a little bit of overthinking in the draft. Uh, so, yeah, so hopefully we're going to we're going to minimize that in our next series, which will which will be on Sunday. But uh, yeah, it's Lena's one of those heroes that a, is just so good. And because we can play her in so many different spots, it seemed uh, it seemed crazy not to. Mm-hmm. And and you did fall in this first game. Um sniper was picked in opposition mm-hmm. uh which is like one of the notorious counter picks and then in the next game you picked sniper to counter the opposing lena exactly so i i want to ask like how how does that feel like map wise and like team wise uh or do you think it's just like a lane dominance thing i think that in... the i think we won mid in the first game I don't think we mm. we had a problem with the sniper. Um, we had a couple miscues throughout our game. There was, I don't, I don't know if you saw this. There was a, a big fight at the Roche pit. They were a little bit ahead mm. of us, but not drastically. Um, and we knew they were going to Roche, and we caught them. And right as we did that, uh, we had a Drow on our team played by Muggy. Um, he, you know, he did his arrows into into the pit, and he must have been like two units short like it, it felt like it was like three <sighs> millimeters off and they they didn't make they didn't hit and right before that i threw i was witch doctor and i threw the death ward into the pit from outside the pit uh was feeling real good about my positioning but i'd actually just moved my glimmer cape to a different slot and i mana booted after 0.5 of a second oh. so i canceled my own alt and once oh, once no. we lost that fight and I think we we either got five man like team wiped or maybe we lost four and then they got Roche. We're like, okay, this game's over. Like you just, it was you know at the thirty five minute mark, it was a close game. They team wiped us and took Roche, and then they just kind of went mm-hmm. up and, and there's nothing we could do from that point on. So, given that we won the lane, uh, we felt pretty good about it, but we just weren't moving around the map as as much as we liked. We felt like Lena's really turned into a a farming core more more so than being too mobile and. Yeah. And then going into game two and they had Lena, we thought, hey, if we're gonna if we're gonna sort of lean into this farming thing and not be too mobile all over the map, and we know that sniper's the counter, let's just lean into that and let's have a, a big sniper and see how we can compete in the second game. Yeah, I think one of the, the things I've noticed in like seeing this Lena matchup, like Lena Sniper matchup play out, um 
Lena is a hero that hits high ground relatively well. Not excellent mm-hmm. because of the attack range. Um, against a sniper, she doesn't have a way to hit high ground. No. Like, ever. Like, the sniper either outranges and outdamages you, or you have to literally purchase a blink dagger in order to get the sniper in order to take the tower. Yes. Because you're just going to get shrapneled down. Sniper's just so hard to get on top of. And if you don't have yeah. a a willing four who's going to sort of make that, you know, three, four minute rotation to either secure runes or stun and lock down, um, lock down the sniper. It's just too much distance. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I think the clockwork last pick is definitely, um, where it's at <laughs> when you see this like 18 pick sniper come out. Um, which is nice. Cause you have, the flexibility kind of builds into your draft yeah. um, and being able to move the leaner around. Yeah, the, we felt really good about <laughs> the clock. Again, this is one of those moments of overthinking the draft, right? The clock mm-hmm. seemed like, and was, the right pick. It was it was a way to initiate properly. It was an, a way to close the gap. It was, it was everything we needed it to be. But it's just not a super comfort hero for us. We knew that uh, the things that the cl- that clockwork does is what we need. Now let's see how we can execute. And I think uh, I know uh, uh, our, our guy who was playing the the clock. He was he was disappointed himself. Although I thought he he played great. He had some really good initiations. Uh, speaking mm-hmm. speaking of of player names, I think he's King Henry VIII's divorce attorney, if I'm not mistaken. So <laughs> um, yeah, he's uh, he was he was hard on himself, but he played great. And uh, again, it just comes down to execution. Those little those little fights. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's a like a something you're going to take forward with you going like moving on in the Sanj division? Like that your comfort picks might uh, supersede what the quote-unquote right pick at times or do you think that you'll be drafting from like a tactical and kind of like i don't want to say textbook way but yeah well you know well listen what i'm about to tell you my team's gonna hate me for they're gonna say i'm giving away all the secrets okay yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't and i will I, i'll say that you don't have to uh reveal any information you don't want to no i'm going for it don't. i'm gonna get, i'm gonna okay. reveal my series and then we're still gonna beat the other team that's how that's how confident right. i am <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if you've watched any DPC lately, but I've noticed a, there's a big movement, especially with when you have um, second pick. They're picking mm. their cores a lot earlier. It used to be pick your four and your five, and then um, you don't don't want to show your hand too much. Um, but I really like the idea of picking cores early. I think that there's enough bands, depending on who it is. Like you know, illusion heroes are a little bit tougher as an example, but there's certain, Mm -hmm. there's certain cores that don't have too many obvious counters. You know, there's some that they're better or worse against, but not too many. Um, I really like the idea of, of picking uh, a good off lane and either a mid or my carry in my first two, three picks. Now going forward, I think that there's only a handful of position fives that, kind of make an impact or, or a huge difference in the game. I have a pretty decent hero pool. Our position four has a pretty decent hero pool too. And there's just, there's no sense in, it's almost like a waste of the pick. Like you're, you're letting the other team ban out what should be the, you know, the win condition heroes. So hmm. I, I think I'm going to move forward in drafting cores earlier 
and focus my bans on banning out the counters and making them react to us instead of us overthinking the draft and who counters who and and you know what what should the lanes be i i really think that picking cores early is a is a really good move going forward controversial opinion yeah <laughs> it it does kind of remind me of like those like the like or like the visual image of like trying to like play a very neat game of chess and like you know open the correct way and start like getting your pieces out onto the board and across from you is just like a fucking pigeon just like (laughs) throwing shit at you and like shitting on the board like yeah if you just pick the op heroes and you execute them well you don't even feel comfortable on them i just like why not like like, why do we got a big brain this thing like if if we have someone (laughs) that is you know hypothetically i'm just gonna uh, pick a rant Let's say uh, PA, because no one's playing PA anyways. <laughs> if we have someone yeah. who's really good at PA, then let's just pick that and then ban out the immediate counters. It's not like there's there's five crazy good counters to PA. Like we'll ban out you know a couple that uh, that might make a big difference, uh, and go from there. And you know again same thing. If we pick a you know a PL or a Naga or something like that. Okay, now their whole draft has to react to us. And now they're not playing their comfort heroes because they need to figure out how do we get rid of illusions? How do we do wave clear? And I would rather force their hand than, you know, try to be chess master over here and uh, and, and figure out the, the best counters and last pick a clockwork. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel that. I think that I'm definitely one that overthinks the draft a little bit too much and tries to get cute with it. Yeah. Um, I think for me... Uh, and something that I borrowed a lot from professional teams is the idea of having like consistent opening, mm-hmm. especially if it's a, like a relatively stable meta or like you're not expecting a patch. Yeah. Um, just kind of going to the same two or three openings um, and knowing what bands precede those, both for you and for the enemy, um, to like kind of enable that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is like a really, really important thing that I think that uh, young, I don't want to say young, but like newer drafters kind of need to become comfortable with because if you look at, you know what I mean, your picks and you have a combination of, or really a permutation of five heroes out of a pool of like 120 roughly, mm-hmm. the like the amount to prepare for becomes insane. Um, and not that you can really prepare for every single, you know, team matchup and lineup. Um, but to simplify things, if you only have to think about three to four picks instead. Yeah. I like that. You know. I like that. And I think, I think knowing your team's play style also matters because often you can think that, you can look at Dota and say, you know, you know, this is what's happening in the meta right now. These are the OP heroes, and, and this is how mm. people are playing the map. But if your team isn't isn't playing that style, or are still working to become the team playing that style, if you're farm heavy, uh, if you find that, um, you know, rotations are few and far between, or, or or maybe you know you really want to set an objective of taking over the enemy triangle by you know X minute, um, picking around your play style. And drafting around what's actually going to happen, I think, I think makes a really big difference. And knowing your timings too, right? If, you know, if you can get a, 
a blink axe or centaur or something like that in the first, you know, 12, 13 minutes because it's a comfort hero and it feels good, then you can play around that timing and then you can draft around that timing. So it's almost like this level of like team self-awareness that can go into the draft too. And and that's why, again, you pick the course first and, and you eliminate that, that getting too cute with it and just know that, okay, here's, here's our... I really like the idea that you just mentioned of kind of having a couple consistent openers and then drafting around that. I, I think that's that's really good advice for a new drafter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like just kind of perusing the the games you've played, you you have um, one. Uh, you have a series coming up this week uh, against who? BBA. I BBA. Okay. Um, do you do you, is there any specific prep that you've done to get ready for that series? Um, how do you feel like you match up? Uh, I feel like we match up pretty good. Um, I did a little bit of research. I like to just do a quick perusal of all of the of the the Dota buff profiles real quick. Um, mm. They got a couple a couple really skilled players. Uh, there's a bit of a drop off. I think at, at some point it looks like they have a new player perhaps on their team, but he's he's been playing a lot lately, and I'm I'm excited to play with him. Uh, I think that I think one thing I saw is that their their highest MMR player is actually who plays carry on their team actually typically when he's in pubs is playing support roles. I thought that was super interesting. So mm. that guy's gonna have good game knowledge, uh, and and I'm excited for that matchup. Uh, so that, that's sort of the extent of the research I've done. Took a, a look at you know are, are they playing a ton of different heroes, but the, that's sort of the extent of it. I think that. This is going to be the first time where I go into a draft, and I'm I'm really thinking about us more than thinking about them, and making sure that uh, we have what we want and make them react to us. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think that that's like, I think it's a good litmus test for like team comfort, and like, uh, like how you gel. Like if you're able to just kind of pick what feels comfortable and natural to you, and they, it all kind of comes together yeah. um, much better than like a prescribed uh, route. And we did that. We, um, we did that in game two uh, in our series against Looming Fruit. We picked we picked a lot more comfort, even though there was there was some overlap still. Uh, and and that, that hey, we took the we took the W, so that that worked out for us. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just looking casually through like BBAs. Uh, matches and it seems like they're picking a lot of shaman mm-hmm. they picked drow as well which seems like you you've also liked um is there any uh standout heroes in the we like dota league that you think uh are worth a mention i see which from... i see witch doctor pop uh pop into quite a few games and as a witch doctor player yeah. myself uh, that's that's certainly one uh yeah, it's it's been banned every time against our yeah, team see? because Lilith <laughs> is just like sick nasty on oh, it. Oh yeah. So I, I played it in game one and then I choose to believe that they respect Bandit and in, get into game two against uh, Looming Fruit. Um so there was uh Witch Doctor seen quite a bit. Uh Lena's everywhere, a lot of sniper. Um uh definitely seen a couple drows, uh you know. Uh, bananas likes to play his uh, his timber, which he's which he's great at. And I think there would be more, like Razor's just everywhere right now in pubs, right? And so I think Razor, Shadow Fiend, those are a couple bands that, if soon as someone sort of forgets and slips their mind, they're going to be in every game. Razor's everywhere right now. Yeah, yeah. Razor, I feel like is not 
a hero until like 20 minutes and then it's just the scariest hero yeah it's on the map it's so annoying because you can razor just doesn't dominate or win a lane typically in, in my experience uh and mm-hmm. then you, you're you know you think to yourself okay you know it's been 15 minutes we we shut down the razor we're gonna we're gonna be good and then all of a sudden 25 minutes hits and he's got the bloodstone and it, it's like the laning phase never happened yeah no bloodstone i think like if we're talking about dota in general my num- number one on my wish list for the next patch is to get bloodstone away from the meta like i just i i'm a huge fan of spell lifesteal i like the design of bloodstone the numbers are like twice as much as it needs to be yeah like just just cut it down but that was but that was that was wraith packed two months ago right yeah i mean something's always going to be on top that's true but wraith packed was really annoying because it was something on the ground you had to hit Otherwise, you can't fight. Mm-hmm. Bloodstone is annoying because it's and like and specifically with the razor, it is life steal and sustain that you don't have to do anything to really get. Like you press Bloodstone, and all of a sudden you're passive, and the alt that lasts like thirty seconds just give you health. Oh yeah. And you become like unkillable. I'd ra- especially if there are multiple targets. I'd, uh, my, my personal preference. I'd rather I'd rather deal with uh, a razor with bloodstone than than lesh. Lesh is, is obnoxious with the with the life with the bloodstone. Yeah, there. I I remember uh, I was in a game I think with Zach, and we were going on to a lesh with bloodstone. He pressed bloodstone. And Zach made the call. He's like, everybody get away. Like, I, we only need one person to take down this lesh. And if you're all here, <laughs> I won't be able to kill yep. him. <laughs> and that's just how it feels right now. Like, the the numbers are so busted um, that, like, AoE magic damage at all just becomes, like, so insane. Oh, yeah. And and as a support player, it's it's a nightmare to deal with. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's, I think that's one of my biggest complaints is that on a lot of supports these days, I'm just sitting there like, boy, I wish I could build four fluffy hats and upgrade them into actually like useful items or, or, I mean, or just like be able to buy cheap health in general is like something that is like really drastically missing right now in the meta. Exactly. Like I remember, I remember when supports used to go like casual bracers or like pick up a bunch of i mean mean, crowns were kind of popular i guess for a time Mm -hmm. um but like there's just not a not a not a viable health item right now for a support and not to not to get us back on the drafting conversation that's why i like why would i why would i pick my support first like this it's it Mm. seems so ridiculous it's you know there's a there's a handful of supports that are that are good and viable and they're going to do what they're going to do um so you know, get the core, get the cores in there first, and and let the band, you know, beat the beat that pick before the bands do. Hmm. Yeah. No, I think I I really don't hate that. Especially, I mean, I think on first pick, I think that you're like a hundred percent right. I think it's totally viable to first pick, um, or eight pick a core mm-hmm. and potentially both, um, at times. Well, we're... it feels a little more awkward on second pick because you don't want to waste your 18 and 24 pick but it's still like perfectly fine 
I think, like, especially just picking, like, an offlaner. Yeah. Once they pick a five or something, it's like, it sounds fine. Yeah, I think for her for second pick, yeah, keeping that last pick as a potential trump card. And, and again, if you, if you have a hero that you can play flexible, like I said, if you mm. can put Alina in, in the four spot or something like that, it, it makes a big difference. But you're right. You you do need that. You do need to take advantage of that last pick. It's it's important so that you can pick a a yeah. brood or a huskar or something stupid. Yeah, I mean, even even if it's not for cheese, it's just like the finishing touch. Mm-hmm. So don't just go. To your don't draft. just go meepo. You don't you don't think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I don't think I haven't seen that hero in God knows how long. Actually, the last time I saw that hero, um, I was playing with, I think. Juvu and somebody else maybe and somebody randomed it oh that's the worst feeling <laughs> and, and i and i felt so bad because I, I just knew that they were not amiibo player or even close that i was just like just swap me it like i will oh you played it how'd you i know? will try to play meepo um honestly like not awful like passable i died too many times but like i was doing the things you're supposed to do as meepo Relatively. But did you win? Like it's, no, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I thought that was. I think that's a that's a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. for like the first fifty or so games of Meepo. Like I, 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 I would truly love to see the stats on that because it is such a game ruining hero if you're not doing like the right things at times or if you're just even if you're just dying too much like you're just worth so much and it means so much like every second that you're not on the map doing shit it's it's so funny because for me whenever a random meepo appears in a pub or a game for me i have this this feeling of of sort of like mystery and dread because you know one of two Mm -hmm. things either happening like you either got a smurf in the game and you're about to absolutely stomp or the whole game's going to be a disaster and a write-off. I feel like there's no middle ground. There's no, like, 60-minute close game. You know, the Meepo had mm. a good game, and but not great, and they won. Like, the Meepo's either popping off and, and destroying everyone, or the exact opposite. Yeah, I feel like past, like, 2K, I think, is, like, the break, I would mm-hmm. say, where I personally, and, I mean, in, in my experience, like, don't see many meepos especially when he's bad in the meta he's been bad for a long time he's been bad for a long time and spammers like or you know boosters spammers smurfs whatever they would be playing him where he could so now whenever you see a meepo you're just kind of in for a rough ride because they're on some kind of learning curve I remember almost for sure. I remember like over the Christmas break, I can't remember who it was. It might have been like Koikva or something like that. He played like ten straight Meepo games, mm. and I was just be like, "Don't promote this behavior, please." No. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't. May I mean I could see Meepo coming back to a meta at some point, but I don't know what the game would look like as a result. Disaster. If that if that makes yeah. sense, like I feel like if that hero is ever competitively viable past like a last pick cheese that the whole meta just kind of goes to yeah shit. a little bit like i might be wrong but it would be pretty wild um yeah jeez. let's just hope it doesn't happen um, move on <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that our worst yeah. nightmares um 
yeah, I wanted to to kind of throw the ball back in your court. Are there any other series that you wanted to talk about particularly? Uh, I watched a good one the other day. I, was, I brought up uh, Bananas um, again, a former a mm. former player on my my old squad. They had a series. I didn't I didn't catch their series this their latest one. I saw the one before it actually. Uh, it was it was really good, and they were you know there was some lane swap action, and there was um, you know some some interesting picks there. So that was that was one I, I I'd love to talk about. Yeah, sure. Um, what was the what was their opponent? Just so I can find it on the ticket. Oh, it's Secret Agent Roshan. Yeah, that's right. And they were was it Greg Boys or was it the one before that? It was. No, it was Greg Boys. Okay. Because that was one where the Razor got through. Oh, yeah. I did see this Razor pop Mm -hmm. up. I was, I like fell asleep to this game the other day. Um, I think I think the Razor lost though, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, in the first game. Yeah. And then, I feel like this is a really weird draft. <laughs> I'm looking at Secret Agent Roshan's draft, and it's cute, but there is like a single stun, and a lot of like run at you heroes. Yeah. That, which is kind of which suffer. is funny because because that is uh bananas aka super nintendo chalmers that is uh that's his style but the mm. you know we you know the shaman on grazing which was something that we saw on our team last year uh and now the the other thing is that he's moved to the the safe lane so for us bananas was always an offlane player um so mm. seeing him go to safe lane is super exciting and he played he played pudge i think in the second game and uh and just absolutely crushed it oh did he, did he play the pudge from the offlane or safe lane uh no it was oh that's a good question because i know he'd been playing some carry no i think he was offline i think you're right Okay, yeah, because yeah, I saw the Ursa and I was like, "Is this an offlane Ursa last pick?" That's yeah, right. I like to go back and watch that game. But so, yeah, these both of these games were over an hour long mm-hmm. somehow. Oh. Um, so I have not gotten to watch the full replays. Um, but the I think the thing that I really enjoyed for, that I saw, um, or like stuck out in my mm-hmm. mind, I think Uranium Heart. I believe it was played uh anti mage like space maker like went for like tra- or a vanguard into like basher and like mess with you items oh. like got a lincoln's really um played it from the mid lane i'm pretty sure did that work mid anti mage they oh, won wow yeah i've seen it done and I've seen the thing is I've seen it against Medusa. I've never seen it with Medusa. <laughs> like those heroes are classically uh, like an instant loss if you pick both yeah. of them because they neither of them does anything for the first twenty minutes of the game. But if but, you can stall for long enough, yeah. I mean, I think space making AM like the you don't have to go defusal or whatever, but just like one that gets in your face and becomes annoying. Mm-hmm. 
and doesn't go battle fury basically um is actually like something that has not been explored enough in competitive scene i think in pubs it's a little it's more annoying or griefing mm-hmm. than it is anything but there are like really good um like niche uh, it's always competitive it's, moments. It's always it. a grief until it's not, though, right? I mean, I saw mm. who was it? There was a game yesterday, and I think it was it was one of, one of the DPC games. Was it the Shadow Demon Three? No, it was the it was the Witch Doctor Three with with the what? IO. So there was just constant sustain and heal in the lane the whole time, and they it it crushed oh, wow. it crushed. That's really sick, actually. Yeah. So yeah, the awful. You're just you just. You're enabling thoughts of my core chat. <laughs> don't, don't, don't make it happen. Yeah, and I, I think that, yeah, you're either, you know, that's that's Dota. It's so easy to just just sit back and follow the meta, but you know, the meta has to kind of has to get created, right? It needs people. It needs yeah. innovators. You know, Jerax on like OG back in the day, and and the Earth Spirit and some of the things that he was doing. Like, they credit some of these like big brain players for for shaping. Mm-hmm shaping the meta and then also you know bringing these crazy strategies again you know going back to that ogti win like remember when they brought out um carry io like it seems it yeah. seems like a grief until someone until someone pulls it off so you know taking anti-mage and going mid and and kind of getting some annoying pesky items uh again it seems crazy but then all of a sudden something like that works or the you know the other team doesn't know how to deal with it because it's it's just new and different and it's it's brilliant i hope we see i hope we see a lot more of that yeah, I mean, I think, like, uh, in recent history, like, Carry Pudge was something that was, like, actually made so much mm-hmm. sense. And it's partly on the developers for kind of, like, uh, pushing the hero in that direction mm-hmm. to a degree. But also, you know, it, it's kind of just like a, a natural evolution and uh, is what the players make of yeah. it, right? Like remember, all um, of a sudden, Wyvern was getting played mid for a while there, with uh, with yeah. Orchid and Witchblade, and yeah, it just takes you yeah, kind of have to have a deep understanding of the game and how the items work and and how the attributes all stack up, uh, and then you can you can kind of come up with some of these just crazy ideas. You know, Rick, Ricky's a five yeah. now. Yeah, no, I I mean that's what makes Dota kind of beautiful, mm-hmm. in my eyes, um, is that it's just kind of like a it's naturally fluid and dynamic um in nature um but yeah no it it's kind of been a a crazy couple years of uh meta even though it's felt slow at times like definitely some of the patches have lagged on the creativity of roles um and of like farm distribution, I think has been really interesting to watch in the past yeah. couple of years. Is there um, anything uh, outside of Bloodstone? We know how you feel about Bloodstone. Is is there anything else you'd <laughs> like to see come up in the next patch? Um, I was watching a video on this. I think BSJ or somebody posted a video of like their wants and wishes for the mm-hmm. patch. I don't think. I think that he had a good point about XP management in the sense that I think like perfectly split XP like in the sense that like 
a creep dies, you get 50% and your nearby alley gets 50% or whatever, you know, you just divide equally. Um, while it makes sense logically and kind of keeps the resources on the map consistent, doesn't necessarily match the idea of like the flag bearer creeps, which are naturally giving like more gold and like kind of creating gold from nowhere. Um, so I wouldn't mind if they played around with that a bit with XP as you're, well. In the sense, you're obviously that, like, not a support. You get a hundred. You're strolling. <laughs> no, oh, I mean, I I am a support player. I, I definitely I'm thinking about this for supports because there's so many situations. I think, especially in the off lane, mm-hmm. I think is where it comes about the most. Um, where if your core is relatively self reliant, and you are relatively self-reliant, but kind of one XP, You f- it feels really bad. Because you're either soaking XP from your core that you both want, or you have to like leave and find something to do on, at a relatively low yeah. level. And then, it's, and then as, and soon, so it's as, kind of as enab- soon as you leave, though, then you're going to have a core yelling. Their support abandoned them, so... Yeah, yeah, and pubs for sure. It's definitely... And that's... I think, I think part of it is that... Um, there's not a lot of like other than tide maybe there's not a, a, a ton of super self-sustaining offlaners right now uh, i mean you got um, your your centaur and your axe um tide but yeah you're, you're right there's there's not okay. a ton there's not a ton yeah i i just think that um like the heroes you want to get six on are not all that great in the support role right yeah. now like for their sixes at least um or like you know ultimates mm-hmm. because it feels like you can't consistently get to your ultimate by like eight to ten minutes unless you win the lane yeah i i, I played a game i played a game today actually and i i i was, was position five and i i sort of like just mentally just smacked myself in the back of the head because i just didn't is a pub and i didn't I didn't get the tome fast enough. I didn't think about it until like oh. 10, 10 minutes and 20 seconds or something like that. I'm like, oh, it's for sure gone. Yeah. And I just like, I think it took me, it's such a bad feeling when you don't get it to like minute 12, sometimes later. And uh, yeah, you, you can feel that that pain. So there's definitely something to be done with XP. Maybe maybe around neutral camps, because you know if you're stacking and pulling and, and your core isn't near you, maybe there's something they could do with that. Um, that, that would be helpful for mm. both both rolls like if stacking gave xp or something yeah like if you stack if you stacked a camp uh and then yeah maybe stacked camps because they nerfed the gold that supports used to get for stacking too right Mm -hmm. maybe there's something they could do around getting the xp that would be kind of cool actually i would i would kind of mess with that that would make it like way more incentivized to stack um I think the one that BSJ proposed is like, uh, were it to be a hundred percent distribute, like we were talking about that earlier, like equally divided. Instead, it would be like sixty sixty. So you've created a little bit of extra experience, but you're like griefing your team less to be around them, mm. like while they're collecting experience. So you're technically getting more experience as a team, but it. Uh, kind of creates a more niche scenario where you would want to exclusively give XP to one hero, which is 
part of the problem, I think, that kind of feels like, is that a lot of heroes feel like they either really want exclusive like XP or uh, need it at some mm-hmm. point to like hit something. Like uh, on a higher level, the XP management of Dota right now is like mind and ball breaking to a yeah. degree. Like it, it's really not uh, not easy to wrap your head around. Yeah, I would agree. I would say. Um, but yeah, that's that's like my only big plight in Dota. I would say. I feel like it's really been a long time fun. since we had like a and nothing drastic, but some type of map change. Yeah, I I think the map is either they're either locked into this map or going to have to make a map change this patch. Like, like I remember when I remember when they years. moved Roshan. And and I'm like, it's a different game now. Like this is this isn't Dota anymore. Roshan's in a different spot. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, then they moved. The... I, I kind of like the idea of double Roshan. Oh, pets, interesting. But... And Rosh just spawns in one of them randomly. Oof, you're adding a lot of uh, a lot of chance a lot of chance to it. And uh... I mean, you could do it. You could do it so it flips. Like it always starts on the top and then goes to the bottom after first. You do something Rosh like pit. No, that'd be super interesting. Uh, yeah, I think that the map changes, I was super resistant to them when they were happening, and now that they're not, I miss them. You know, they moved, they've moved the yeah. bounties, they moved that mid, um, the, the small camp mid, they, they've done a couple things, but it's been a while since we've had any anything exciting, and, you know, especially, again, as a support, like, the warding spots feel very, um, you know, there's the obvious super cliffs, and then there's, like, the tier down, spots and then beyond that like it's it's kind of the same thing over and over again i'd love to see some new kind of cheeky ways to be able to plant a ward and get vision that uh that are different yeah one part one part of me does hate the like recalibration period after like a map change patch Mm -hmm. drops where i just feel like i don't know the game all of a sudden walking around and i'm like where the fuck i think I? i think like actually where is yeah. this camp? I'm trying to find it. <laughs> yeah, carries are going to hate it for sure, as they have to figure out new like farming patterns yeah. and whatnot. But Dota's Dota's always yeah. been hard too for new joiners, for new people to pick up the game. So I don't know if it's a good thing to change the map so that everyone sort of has to recalibrate, uh, or if it'll get even harder for new players because you know what the one thing that they learned is now different. So who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a that's kind of the conundrum in all mm-hmm. of this. It, it, it is that Dota's already so complicated. Yes that even small map changes changes metas yeah you know what i mean like they removed one camp and all of a sudden like there are just 20 mids that are not viable anymore oh yeah well i remember yeah. i remember when they initially moved that mid camp like everyone's like oh puck you know puck is puck's dead there's no point in playing puck anymore but puck is back in the meta so but he could just orb that that little <laughs> camp right so it was yeah i mean it was it was nice it was extra gold for puck but it's like Heroes so damn yeah. mobile, like nothing stops him. Um, I do want to bring it to a close though, just because I have a series coming up tonight. Um, is there anything you wanted to add? Any extra special shoutouts? Uh, big shout out to to the Pups Pals team again. It's been uh, it's been ten years with this five stack, and this is our first time the five of us playing in a league together. Excited to see uh, how far we can take it. Uh, what division are you in? I'm in Kaya. You're in the top one. So, 
the top. See, one I'm gonna have to win this. I'm gonna have to win the middle division, and then we'll see you next year in the in, in the top division. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll see some some reshuffling, some some action. I think that it would be it would be a fun series. I think uh, I think we gotta have a scrim just for fun. Oh, we we can we can for set sure. something up for sure. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for happy coming to, on. Happy now. to join. I'm gonna I'm gonna tune into your series a little later for sure. All right, thank you, um, and thank you to our listeners. Have a great day, everyone. Time.